0: and welcome to Beyond Queer Stories. Today we have Carrie. Carrie's a 23-year-old college student studying elementary and special education. She likes to read, spend time with friends, and watch TV shows. Her favorite shows are The Office, The OA, and Criminal Minds. In fact, it was Criminal Minds that helped Carrie come to terms with her sexuality. She hopes to be able to promote diversity and acceptance among her future students and support them in every way possible. So welcome.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, Someone's going to ask an opener question. What identities do you feel most influenced your experience?
2: I think like one of the biggest things is um, I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And so that's always kind of like um, influence things. But I'm also um, white passing in a lot of situations. And so just trying to be aware of the fact that like sometimes I do um, get kind of like judged or um, profiled based on like my Hispanic, it's not as bad as like other people. And so just trying to kind of be aware of that and like, be aware of my white privilege and like making sure that I use my white privilege to help other people of color, not just benefit me. I grew up religious. And so that had a big impact, both before kind of coming to terms with my sexuality and who I am. And then afterwards seeing like, oh, I don't necessarily want to treat people the way like I was kind of raised to treat people. Um And then just being like a first generation college student and trying to like figure things out. So all of that just kind of comes together to make me kind of who I am and how I view the world and try to interact with the people around me.
1: You mentioned that, um, in your bio that you're going to school to study elementary and special education. What kind of pushed you towards that direction?
2: Yeah, so um, I was actually going into a STEM field. I was going to be a forensic scientist. And the college that I was at, I hated the math program. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm going to find whatever I can find. So I was just um, going through the programs they had online. like, And I saw special education. And I was like, you know what? that might be interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of was like, you know what, I'll try it out. If I like it, great. If I don't, I can always just change my major again. Because at this point, I had changed it like four times already. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking education classes, and I just fell in love. And like, I just love the students. I love being able to be there for them. And like, just be like a constant in their life, because a lot of them don't have um, consistency at home so just being constant being someone for them to talk to and bond with and just being able to like teach them um and watch them learn and grow and do new things so it's just been so much fun and yeah I just I've fallen in love with it
0: so it sounds like after changing it up a few times like you found what feels like the right path for you
2: oh definitely there's no doubt about it now what do you love about it I just love being able to, like, these children, my students, they're like, they're so precious. Some days they make me want to pull my hair out. I just want to, ah, but like, when it comes down to it, they're just precious. And they just want to please and learn and like have someone on their side. And so just a lot of like the small little day to day interactions with them, little conversations I have with them. It's just the sweetest thing. And then just seeing them learn and like uh, one day I was teaching a lesson and one of the students made a connection to a previous lesson and like my heart was just so happy. Like, Oh my gosh, you're getting it. You're learning, you're growing and just seeing them develop and develop their uh, personalities. Like it's just, it's my favorite part.
1: What do you feel like your end goal might be with um this direction? Like teaching?
2: Yes. So I definitely want to teach. Further down the line, I'm thinking about maybe getting into, like, the political side of things, just because um, where I'm at, I know a lot of places in the United States, but where I'm at specifically, our education system is just awful. And so um, I really believe, like, it can be changed and turned around, but we just need more people with, like, actual classroom experience Mm -hmm. leading it. So... I hope to maybe like teach for, I don't know, maybe twenty years and then kind of get into the political side of things and mm-hmm. try to make things a little bit better.
0: What would you like to see change?
2: Um, probably the biggest thing is um the way testing is done. Mm-hmm. Standardized yeah. testing. Crazy. And I can understand um it's good to know like where your students are at compared with the rest of your area that rest of your state the rest of your country but there's just so much pressure on it now like it's so hard for the kids to be motivated to do it and there's just a lot of like iffy things with the testing and then the testing affects teacher scores Mm -hmm. and if the kid goes into the test and just decides like I'm not going to do this you know and they just like throw the whole test, then that reflects bad on the teachers. And so like, we don't really have it. It's not a good way to represent what is being taught and what is being learned. And so that's probably the biggest thing. And then just more funding for teachers. Mm. I mean, I know that's something we hear all the time, but it's just crazy. And um, since I've been in the classroom and getting some experience, like I just see all this stuff, like my co-teachers have had to supply and that I've had to supply and It really is a lot. And I'm not saying like, oh, we should have everything 100% covered, but like definitely more than that's being covered now.
0: Yeah. And I know I've heard a lot about how like the testing system also sometimes puts so much pressure on the teachers that the curriculum ends up being centered around what's on the test instead of just like the curriculum of that subject area. And it becomes so restricted in terms of what kids are actually learning.
2: Exactly. Like um, in the state where I'm at, they do testing on math and reading. And so a lot of the stuff, like the majority of what the kids get is math and reading. Every once in a while, you know, there might be like a science unit thrown in or um, a social studies unit thrown in, but a lot of it is focused on the math and reading and they're not really getting that. And then there's also just a lot of uh, teaching to the test, teaching right. students how to take tests, which is important. But at the same time, it's keeping teachers and students from being able being able to like go deeper and make those deeper connections and really um, get the most out of classroom time.
0: And I feel like it doesn't teach them about the real world in that way either.
2: Yeah, not at all. Not sure
0: at- you could prepare to take a test and be good at taking tests, but like that's not real world experience in terms of like learning about the world you live in and the types of people who live where you live and the diversity and all of that it's it's super restricted
1: exactly if you have like anything in mind do you think you'd focus on a specific demographic in regards of your like major in this stuff or would you think you'd like just be generally an advocate for all of these students
2: i'm not 100 percent sure yet So I am getting um, a double major in elementary and special education. Mm-hmm. So if I c- go into elementary, um, I would like to focus on Title I schools, which are um, schools with less funding and kind of more um, a lower social economic area. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I came from a school like that and I just know how badly like teachers who really care are needed. So I would just focus on teaching Title I schools. Um, If I go into special education, I think I'd really like to um, focus on autism, go from there. Just because I have a few um, little cousins with autism, and I've just seen the way sometimes the school systems work great for them. And then other ones, like, it's just been rough. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be able to just try to make it a better place for them.
0: Uh, So I saw that you listed some of your favorite TV shows in your bio, too. And yes. I'll be honest, the one that I'm most familiar with is the OA. So I am curious to hear what you thought of the new season of the OA.
2: Oh my gosh, it was crazy. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers! Spoilers! Warning: spoilers. <laughs> In case there's anything
0: that's actually, yeah,
2: yeah, I um actually had never watched it, and my uh, friend told me about part of it, and I was like what in the world? Like, what kind of show are you watching? She was like, no, you have to watch it. It's really good. And I was like, okay. And then I binged like all two seasons over the course of one weekend. And um, that was probably, I don't know, like three weeks ago. And last night, I actually started it over from the beginning again, just because I cannot get enough of it.
0: I feel like you probably have a better grasp of it than than people who watch the first season and then the second season. Because I feel like I need to go back and watch the first season. You would probably actually like it. What is like show alternate about? universes and like different dimensions of what is happening? Is that what it's about? Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like the primary focus of it. But there's like it initially. Is there a plot? Starts with, like, a woman who's found who – they thought oh, – I see, like, I can barely remember season one. They thought she, like, ran away or was, did they think she was dead? I can't remember. Uh,
2: she went missing and they didn't know what happened to her. Yeah,
0: she went missing and she just showed up because she was about to jump off a bridge. And, like, her – Parents, her, she was adopted. Her parents like went to the hospital because they recognized her on the news. Because she was on the news because she was about to jump off the bridge, mm-hmm. and um, she like ended up having been kidnapped and was like kind of captured by this guy who studied uh, near death experiences. He found out she had near death experience, so he had all these people captive, and he was trying to study like alternate dimensions that people go to when they have a near death experience. And then it kind of goes from there and gets, like, into this really, like, deep,
1: interesting plot. I feel like this would fuck me up. Like, on the reel, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I feel like Honestly, I'm probably
1: not
0: lot. describing it very accurately, because season one is fuzzy, and I watched season two, and season two is a whole other thing.
1: Do they follow each other at all? Or is it just, like, yeah. a, like two separate things?
0: No, they follow each other. Yeah, here. Yeah, you. What are you? How would you describe it?
2: <laughs> they. Oh my gosh, this is hard. Um, they they kind of follow each other. Mm-hmm. For me, at first in the second season, I was like, none of this makes sense. But then it gets to a point, and you're like, oh, okay, this makes a little more sense, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see how it's connected. And then as it goes along, it you really see how the story's coming together.
0: Yeah. And I like it because. Season two explains all the questions you have about season one. Where sometimes, you know, like, shows will, like, drag it on. You're like, none, eventually nothing seems to make sense. But I like that they actually explained, like, how these different dimensions work and how these different connections actually happened. So then it actually makes more logical sense. So it's kind of cool. Huh. Yeah.
1: Is this, like, a Netflix show? Yeah. Or like it's a-, a
0: Netflix show.
1: Okay. We'll add it to my list. I've been, like, binging through Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and that's been, like, my go-to so far. And I I love Andy Samberg, and that's the only reason why I watch it. So maybe I'll start this show and also binge through. Yeah,
0: yeah, balance it out. Okay. (laughs) So you said you started off wanting to go into STEM, right? Yes. So what what kind of was your initial thoughts when you went to college? What did you think was going to happen before you ended up on this other journey?
2: I wasn't exactly sure, like, what I was going to be doing. I had no idea. I had thought about nursing, but then I was like, I just don't think I could do that. Like, I don't handle blood real well. So, (laughs) like, not doing that. And then I was actually watching Criminal Minds. The summer before I went to school and I was like, you know, I know this show is highly fictionalized, but I think being in the FBI would be hella cool. I um did research into it and I found out that you don't have to have like a specific degree <laughs> in the FBI, but they do prefer like law enforcement degrees. So I was like. You know what? I'll go into forensic science. Like this seems perfect. So that was the plan. I was going to get a forensic science degree. I was going to work for a few years and then I was going to apply to the FBI and see where it went. And yeah, totally didn't end up doing that,
1: but it's okay. <laughs> you don't need a degree to apply to the FBI. You need a bachelor's degree. But In anything? Have to Yeah, in
2: anything. You just have to have a bachelor's degree. And then you have to work, I think it's either two or three years in the field that you have your degree in. Mm -hmm. And then um, you just apply and you have to pass like the physical tests and the psyche valves and all the courses and stuff like that. But you don't need like a specific degree. It's really cool.
1: That's so interesting. Okay.
0: Are you thinking of other career (laughs) (laughs) paths? I'm
1: just like, I wonder how many people have like a degree in like education, like not education, but like um like what is it called like, like physical education and just go to, go to the fbi It's like i'm gonna be a detective yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know how it works that they're just like whoever but i mean it was pretty cool
1: that is really cool though interesting. huh yeah. it's not very limiting that's that's actually really nice to know okay
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of transitions into your story as well we're at about the time to start your story so we'd love to hear a story today uh-huh.
2: I was always kind of like questioning my sexuality I wasn't really sure um I grew up in a very religious household so there was a lot of like oh you know we can love these people but we don't agree with them and just different things like that and so like I had a lot of that just kind of ingrained in my mind And then in high school, I actually had this like best friend and we ended up like having feelings for each other and we admitted it to each other. And there was just like a lot of like back and forth and we didn't know what to do. We didn't know like, is this okay? Is this not okay? Um, And so there is just a lot of just questioning and wondering. And then we did pursue a relationship with each other. And so we started like secretly dating. Um, I don't, looking back now though, I'm like, I don't think it was that secret. I think everyone probably knew, <laughs> but, um, I left the state to go to college. I went to a college in a different state and being at college, I was just still more questioned. You know, I didn't know who I was or what I was feeling meant. I didn't know if. I thought it was okay, because at this point in my life, um, to me, I had decided, you know, it's okay for other people to be queer, and, you know, like, it's okay, I can love them, I can accept them, like, you know, they're not going to go to hell, but I had a hard time accepting it for myself, you know, like, for everyone else is okay, but for me, it wasn't, and so, um, just trying to, like, work through all that, and trying to figure all that out. And the school I went to was fairly large, and I didn't really know anyone else there, so I spent a lot of time alone. I would go to class, you know, get food, go to my next class, I'd come back to my dorm, do my homework, and then I would just lay in bed and watch TV, watch Netflix. And so I was just like, I was pretty lonely, and I just, it was me and my iPad and Netflix, and I was actually watching Pretty Little Liars, And I finished that and I decided, you know what? I'm going to try Criminal Minds. My mom used to watch it. So I've seen a few episodes and it's interesting. And I liked because each episode like tells an individual story. So like if you watch like the whole thing, you'll get like the whole story and like the whole, um, the FBI profiler story. But if you just jump in on one episode, like you're not going to be confused and so I really liked that about that. I was like, I can casually watch it until I find another show to watch. Well, it turned out to be not so casual. I started binge watching that show. It was crazy. I watched like a whole 20 episode season in like two days. And I just really fell in love with it. I fell in love with the characters. And then um, I remember exactly where I was. I was laying in my bed on my dorm. Um, I was facing the wall and I had my iPad like propped up on the wall. It was season four, episode 24. It's called amplification. And pretty much the gist of it is the criminal, the unsub, um, he released, oh, I think it was anthrax into a park. And they're trying to like find him and figure out what's going on. So they find this house he's been working at and they go to the house and like hazmat's there and they're setting up all kinds of stuff. And one of the neighbors comes out and she asks them what's going on. And like, do I need to evacuate? And one of the FBI agents you can see is kind of like considering telling her, but at the same time, like she knows she's not supposed to. And the other her name's Emily and the other agent she's with, he's like Emily. And she just shoots him this look, and she tells the neighbor, like, no, it's fine. There's just black mold. Like, you know, just stay in your house. It'll be okay. And then they turn around and they're walking back to the house. And she tells them, she's like, don't emulate me. And in that moment, like, my heart just like was hers. I fell in love with her. I was like, this woman is amazing. So, yeah, I, from that moment on, I was just in love with her she was my favorite character still is my favorite character and like she's beautiful she's badass like she's just everything that like a good woman not that there's bad oh well I don't know anyway so but (laughs) (laughs) you know she's everything like you want in a woman and so um I was like you know what I'm gonna look up this actress and see what other stuff she's been in and see if you know it's just this character or like if this actress is pretty cool too so I started doing that and I was like, oh this actress is pretty great, um, Paget Brewster. She's amazing. Um, and from there, I was just so like involved with the show. And um, so I decided, ooh, I'm going to get on Tumblr. And so I got on Tumblr, <laughs> looked for the criminal <laughs> community, and it was there I found a gay ship between the character I liked and another female and it was just like it opened up my whole world and I was like wow like I didn't know like this kind of stuff existed I didn't know this world existed you know and so it was really cool to see and then one day I was scrolling through tumblr and one of the accounts I follow she posted a link to her twitter and so I was like oh I'll check this out and I found this whole world of like stan twitter and I had no idea that even existed, but I got on and I just loved it because it was more interactive and it was like a little more personal. And so I was like, you know what? Forget Tumblr. It's taking up too much space on my phone anyway. <laughs> so I deleted it. I downloaded Twitter and I made a fan account for Emily, an Emily Prentice fan account. And I just went from there and I started following accounts. They followed me back and I really just um, like fell into this community and they really just like showed me so much love and support. And I made a few friends and I was able to talk with them, be like, yo, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to understand what I'm feeling. All I know is I like other women, but I don't, I don't know how to like make that okay for me. And um, one of the girls I was talking to uh, she had also been really raised religious and so we were able just to really kind of like share stories and um she had already come to a point of understanding before me but she listening to her stories like definitely helped guide me through a lot of like the questions and the doubts I had and so I don't know it was just like the show led me to Twitter and then once I got to Twitter it was just like I don't know. I just found this family that loved and supported me and just told me it was OK and helped me believe that like being queer is OK. And so I don't know. Criminal Minds is just like my favorite show forever. I haven't watched it in a while, but it's still like my number one show, you know, just because it really means so much to me. And without it, I wouldn't have been able to. Well, maybe I would have. I just don't know if it would have happened in the same way or as quickly. Um, But it's really just, like, helped make me who I am and really helped me um, accept myself for who I am and who I love and what I want in life.
1: That's great. That's so wholesome. I like that a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how long ago was it that that happened for
2: you? Oh, gosh. Um... It was my freshman year of college. So, three years, three and a half.
0: Okay. So, yeah. how has kind of settling into that identity been over the past few years then since that first happened for you?
2: It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. Once I finally got to like, okay, this is okay, I'm gonna like, you know, I'm gonna live my truth. I was in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And so it was a little bit easier there. It was larger. There's more kind of acceptance, more people, especially, you know. And so, like, that was going really well. But then the school I was at is super expensive. So I was like, I don't want a lot of student loans. So I'm moving back home. So now I'm going to a smaller school. It's on the edge of the Bible Belt. And I did not realize this before. But there's, like, a church on every corner and, like, um, it's really just super conservative here. And so like, I didn't even know that. Like I haven't, I hadn't been to visit the school since I was in high school. And so I, I didn't know what to expect. So in my mind, like the summer that I was transferring, I was like, yeah, you know, like this is a fresh start. I'm going to go in, this is going to be me from the beginning. And I got here and I just like shriveled up and just like, I don't know, just retracted back inside myself. Cause I was like, oh shoot, I can't do this. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, but um, I've just kind of like made friends and made a community here and just getting to know the people. And I found a good group of people that I can be myself around. And I have found, you know, there are quite a few um other queer individuals here. It just takes a little hunting to find them. It's not as easy as in the bigger city, but it's still OK. So. I think I'm still kind of in the learning period of how to live with this identity in this area, but overall in life, I think it's, I think it's going pretty well.
0: When I hear you say that, I guess I just feel like I kind of relate to it in a way because when I went to school, I'm finishing up my PhD. I moved from Chicago to a more rural town and coming Mm -hmm. from somewhere with a big queer community to someone where, somewhere where there was, a big queer community, but they were harder, like you said, harder to find, right? Like it took a little bit more digging to find that community. It can be a big adjustment. And I feel I was fortunate where I had like already settled into my identity for a while. I had a really strong community in Chicago. So, um, and I was close enough to drive back to Chicago to visit. Um, So that was a little bit it was challenging, but it was doable, right? We're like moving somewhere that that can be hard, especially like when you're first figuring out your identity and trying to navigate that so it's not really a question, but just like I guess i I can kind of relate to it in in some ways, but then imagine what it would have been like if I went through that, like when I was first kind of coming into my queer identity,
1: yeah. So, since you found a community on Tumblr, RIP, and Twitter, okay. where did you find a community? At, like, have you found one at your, like, actual university at, at school? Not, not really, like, Criminal Minds focus, but just, like, in <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: Not really. Um, There is a Gay Straight Alliance, and I was going to join, and I signed up, and then I never got an email. Oh. And I was just like... Okay. Right. <laughs> so um I'm just waiting for the next community fair to come around and then I'll just like sign up again and be like, send me an email. Yeah. So um but besides that, I've just like met people. I started this job and uh one of my coworkers, we became like very best friends. And after a while, like, I came out to her. She came out to me. Oh. Um, another one of my friends, she was actually in this uh, religious affiliated group on campus. And I was like, I feel like I need to tell her because she was one of my best friends. But at the same time, I was, like, terrified. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just decided, okay, I'm going to do it. I came out to her. She ended up coming out to me in, like, what? that same conversation. So, it was really cool. So, like, I haven't found like, an official or, like, an exact, like, queer community, but I've been able to find one amongst the people around me.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, that totally really, comes yeah. to community in my book, because it's not, you don't need, like, a huge city full of queer people, but to find those people who can be, like, queer family, I think is really important.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: That's great. I'm glad you were able to find that there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So like on like the topic of social media cuz I feel like people really underestimate how strong that is in regards to mm-hmm. finding like similarities and finding like a place to actually voice who you are as a person. Like how did you end up using Twitter cuz Tumblr is just like for me a no brainer like that was like the place where you would go and like find all these things cuz mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing earlier back in the day. Like Twitter, and I've really thought about in regards of like using that to connect mm-hmm. with other like not cause... not what am I thinking of other other ships, yeah, other ships, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, like I said, I started out on Tumblr, mm-hmm. um, but they're just wasn't there was like I had I think two mutual accounts like they followed me and I followed them mm-hmm. everything else was just kind of like these bigger accounts that I followed and they didn't follow me which was great like they posted some great content mm-hmm. but, um, and I don't like post original content it was just like a lot of reblogging stuff and I was mainly there just for like to enjoy everything everyone else was creating mm-hmm. um But because of that, like, I wasn't really having a lot of interaction with a whole lot of um, other fans. Mm. And that's something I really wanted. Like, I wanted to have, like, conversations and interactions and get to know these people. Mm. And so, like I said, one of the blogs I followed, she posted her Twitter link. And I was like, oh, I'll just check out her Twitter. Like, her Tumblr's pretty cool. Let's see what her Twitter's about. And so I was going through it. And I just saw, like, I don't know. It was just easier to connect on the more personal level through Twitter for me. And so when I saw that, I was like, you know what, I think this will be easier than Tumblr. So I made the Twitter account and that's where I got on. And within like a couple days, like I already had, you know, like many mutuals and I got to know people and then like I got added into group chats and just really was able to find like the people that I could be like friends with and get to know better. And so I think for me, it was just a better platform, Mm -hmm. especially because like I didn't create original content.
0: It makes me feel like I need to figure out Twitter.
1: Yeah, Twitter can be like really great or really awful depending on the time of day (laughs) that you're on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly,
2: and like I actually haven't been on Twitter in almost a year just because I got into the whole like it was just affecting my mental health and Mm -hmm. like. Oh, I'll post something and no one's responding or it's not getting any likes or retweets. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I just got to get off. But I'm still in touch with like a lot of friends I made on there. And I think if you can um, not not let it affect you in that way, it's a great place to be just depending on who you follow and what you do on there. Mm Because if not, it can be very like, yikes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I love Twitter.
1: Ooh, with your family in mind, I'm safely assuming that this is not a discussion that has come up, and (laughs) am I right to assume that?
2: Mostly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like I said, um, when I was in high school, I was kind of seeing one of my friends, Mm -hmm. and we were trying to keep it secret, but like... Looking back, we did a really awful job at keeping it secret. Um, And so it's definitely something like a lot of people are kind of like, okay, what's going on with her? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's never something like I've actually like addressed and been like, it's true. Um, But it was, I think my sophomore year, it was my sophomore year of college over spring break, um, I came out to my mom and it didn't go as bad. Mm-hmm. as I thought it would. Um she was really loving mm-hmm. in her reaction, but it still wasn't the reaction I was quite hoping for. And since then we just haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. So
1: when you yeah. say loving, like what do you mean? Like loving but not like the way you wanted it.
2: So it was just like, you know, I love you and I support you and At the time, now I identify as pansexual, but at the time I identified as bisexual. And so like I told her that and she was like, you know, I love you and I support you in every part of your life. And if you end up marrying a man, I am supporting you 100%. But if you end up with a woman, I'll still keep you in my life and I'll still love you and I'll still support every other aspect of your life. I just won't support that relationship. And then there was a talk about like, you know, do you want to see a pastor counselor do you want to like find some christian literature and we can work through this and i was like willing to work with her so i was like okay yeah we can find something to do but then just nothing ever came up came from it and so it was like like i said it it wasn't bad i know people that have had really bad experiences with coming out to their parents but it wasn't bad and like i said she was very loving about it it just wasn't the 100% acceptance that I was hoping for. Right.
1: Is that the only family member you came out to so far?
2: Yes. Well, I have um, a cousin. Hmm. And we talked about it, like, once or twice when I was in high school and kind of questioning things. And then this summer, um, my cousin and my friend and I, we were hanging out and – we were just drinking some wine, having a girls night and they started asking me questions and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to tell them. So I told him and um, she took it really well. And she, my cousin even told me, she was like, you know, why don't you just be open about it? You know, she was like, the family isn't going to care. And I was like, the extended family isn't going to care. You know, it's just like my parents. And then I have another cousin that I've told, but it's not really like a big thing with her. It was just like, oh, hey. And she was like, oh, okay, you know, but besides that, not a lot of other family members know. Um, I think my little sister found my Stan Twitter at one point Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this. And so, like, I uh, blocked her from finding my Stan account, (laughs) but I think like the bit that she did find was like, Okay. And Mm -hmm. so I think she knows it's just not something we've ever really addressed. Mm -hmm. But like I think she also has some like queer tendencies just from different things she's like said and done throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I definitely think it's a conversation we'll have at some point. I'm just not sure when. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: That's fair. Whenever you feel comfortable, whenever you have the time, just like own it when you want. Don't force it. (laughs)
2: Definitely, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you feel like this identity will intersect at all with your kind of future career?
2: I hope so. I mean, even if it's not something that's like explicit, um, it really has formed the way I view the world and I view people. And so just, I want to take it and like, give all the love and support that I can to my students if I go into elementary school you know it's probably gonna be younger I'm really enjoying first grade right now so like it's something that you see sometimes but not a lot with younger students but like even still when I do see like I don't want to um discourage the students or like inhibit them i want to just make i want my classroom to be a place of like love and acceptance and like you it's a safe place and you can be who you need to be while you're in my classroom in any aspect of life you know and so i just really want to create that community so that way like i can just tell my students like it is okay to be who you are so i don't know that's just kind of what i'm hoping for Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, just give all the love and support I can because we definitely need more of it, especially um, with the younger ones. There's just it breaks my heart. Like a lot of them don't get the love and the support and the consistency at home that they deserve. And so I just want to be able to offer that to them. And I think me kind of like coming into this identity and thinking about it and coming to terms with it, like really just shows me how much you need to have that support in your life. Like how much um, how it makes things easier mm-hmm. and so I just want to kind of be that support for my students no matter what
0: it's important for kids to have someone like that that they know is a safe person to go to if they have you know questions about kind of the things that they're experiencing and they know they have someone they can mm-hmm. trust yeah
1: exactly it's yeah. great it is your shameless promo plug time plug anything you'd love <laughs> <laughs> I don't have- Thing. Um, Your Stan Twitter I, account? Anyway, <laughs>
2: Stan Twitter account, but oh, I don't even know what it is anymore. I think it's Paget Prentice. But if you guys do, I can plug my sister's Instagram account. Um, she does little art doodles. Sure. And so it's Divine D A V I N E S dot Daily D A I L Y dot Doodles D. Zero zero D L E S. Cute. <laughs> it was really long. Oh. But just don't tell her I sent you. But go follow her. <laughs> she'll just get she random knows, followers really... and be
0: like, oh, I got all these new followers. And she'll be happy. <laughs> exactly. So that's
2: good. And so um, that's something she's really pursuing right now. And mm-hmm. I love her account. So yeah, awesome. follow her account. Oh. And-, and check out Criminal Minds in the OA. Yeah. Great show.
0: Awesome. Yes. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's good to Thank have you. for you. having me. Yes. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories.
1: Also, check out the creator of our podcast music, be Studwell. She's an incredible queer artist from DC, and you can check out her music at BeeStudwell.com.
0: If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to rate us so others will be able to find our podcast.
1: Talk Talk to you all all next week.
0: week. Next time on Beyond Queer Stories.
1: It's not that I don't want sex with you. It's that I don't want sex at all. But your sexual attraction to me makes me feel like I'm obligated to have sex with you. And the cycle continues. And yes, part of it is my fault. Because I think I'm not valuable without sex. But I hate feeling valued only for sex. And when I have sex, that's how I end up feeling. I should say, it's not any individual person's fault that any of this happens. It's misogyny, plus double standards surrounding non-cis male sexuality, plus my own trauma and experiences.